your girl Nina Montañez. Hey yo, what it do? It's your boy Rue, and I'm coming for you. <laughs> and this is Sofrito Speaks. Hey, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Damas y caballeros. Y ustedes in between. This is Sofrito Speaks, season six, episode number eight. 18, yes. A subscriber episode for our subscribers, obviously, and that's what the subscriber episode is. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Let's go right into (laughs) our first section, which is El Chisme, the part of the show where we let you know what had us fucked up, jodio, and everything in between in the past week. You want to start off? I have a couple things, Uh, but the one that's the freshest, okay. So I don't know if it was here that I said it, Instagram, TikTok. I don't know where I said it. But I have invited Sulma to church and last week, right? And I was supposed to invite her two weeks ago. I didn't listen to God and I didn't do it because I was like, this is my time. I don't want to invite anybody with me to come with me. It's me and you time. I was upset. So I didn't do it. When I tell you nagging me, like nagging me, like, no, you have to invite your mom's church. So last Monday... As I like was getting ready for work, um, Sulma was standing in the kitchen. So I had said like, I, it literally was almost like someone gave me like a co- like a cocotazo, like yo say it. So I looked at her, I was like ma. She was like yes, and I was like, well, you're coming to church with me on Sunday. <laughs> it was so stupid and childish. And she goes okay. She ended up not going because she decided that it was she wants to be in La Calle with her siblings, and she went salsa dancing last Saturday. So she didn't. She came home late on Sunday. I mean, she came home late Saturday, so she didn't go to church with me on Sunday. Ah, but that being okay. So we go today. Um, and there's a reason why everything happens, right? There's a reason why I, I was I was being told that I had to invite her to church. Um, because I got to watch her rededicate her life to Christ today in church. Like, she got up and walked to the altar. And I didn't realize, I literally, like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, how my brain was processing this was wild. I thought Shorty was getting up to go to the bathroom because she drinks water like a fish. So that's why I thought she was asking me to move because I always sit like towards the towards the aisle. So I'm thinking I'm getting up to move for her to go to the bathroom. I see her start walking up towards the altar and I immediately start crying because I was like, oh, this is why you want... Bet heard you. Okay, this is why you wanted me to bring her here. Bet. And I start crying because i'm like you what like i was not (laughs) i was not prepared for any of that um my mom's also never been like involved in church like that she's never that's not something that i've seen so i basically got to plant the seed um and i myself i'm gonna be getting more involved in church so it was i didn't realize that in that moment that was something that i needed to see Um, nor did I think I would be the one to set the, to set the example because I remember being a teenager and Sulma asking me, Hey, do you want to go to church with me? And I'd be like, no, 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 no. And now I'm the one that's like, Hey, do you want to go to church with me? And funny as we were driving back home after church, she was like, you know, that's something that I prayed for. I was like, what? And she's like, I prayed. I used to tell God, you know, it's okay if they don't come with me today because I pray that one day they'll be asking me. To go to church with them. And I was like, yo, I don't want to cry anymore. My mascara came out wonderful today. Can we stop, please? Like, I'm, I, wild. it was, and 
and I literally like in that moment I was like nobody can tell me God like you can't like you just can't you can't and me being obedient and listening to what it was that he wanted me to do invite my mom to church even though he knew I enjoy my one-on-one time with him the drive to church being in service and the drive back home I enjoy that time I was like okay this isn't about me and like watching again, watching her up at the altar and like w- listening to the pastor speak. To and she wasn't the only one. It was a bunch of people. You know, like the end of service, they do the altar call and they say like, if you want to rededicate your life to, to Christ, if you want to come to Christ for the first time, watching my mom go up there and like rededicate, I was just like, a yo, like I my spirit was leaping and it had me messed up. Like it really genuinely had me messed up because it wasn't something that I like prepared for. Like I wasn't ready for that i was not ready to be uh emotional in seeing that so it it, it messed me up like oh dying on this so soon i rededicated her life to christ when he's gone <laughs> <laughs> i can't stand you so that had me that had me messed up in a good way though had me messed up in a good way i love that but i saw the whole visual play out yeah Cute. I also was fucked up in a good way with my mom. <gasps> yes, um, Sulma! Yay, Sulma! Bendición, bendición. Um, yesterday... Well, you don't have to say bendición to her. She's your cousin. I don't care. I'll still say she okay, older than me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yesterday, uh, my mom had... Well, earlier in the week, my mom had asked me to go out for lunch on the, um, on the weekend. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and then, like, we went out to lunch, and we had a good time. We shared some laughs, you know, gossip, regular <laughs> shit. So then I drop her off, and as I drop her off, like, I'm watching her get out of the car, and in my mind, I'm just like, this lady, like, she's, you know, she's aging, mm. and she's getting older, and, like, I'm start. She wasn't, like, you know, wobbler. Like, it was just, just, like, this thought that came through my head of, like, your mom is getting oh, older bro, and i got like emotional it's so trippy it's so trippy and mind you my mom's like well i'm not gonna say her age but she's not she's not she's not my sulma's age yeah my mom she's, is 66 she's, she's yeah i'm 30 okay i will say this i'm 33 and she had me at i believe 14 or 15 mm. so you do the math um but I just was like, and then she before she gets out, she's like, thank you for taking time out of your day for me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like why is this why what is this one hitting different? Right. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, thank you for taking. She's like, I know you're, you've been really busy, like, and you have, like, everything going on. And she's like, I know that you usually spend your time at the studio. And she's like, and you took time out for me. I really appreciate that. I was like, <laughs> wait, not me getting emotional. Right? I was like, what? Wait, I was like, I so mom. Emotional? I was just like, mom. I'm like, any time. I'm like, you just tell Woo. me any time. And then of course, my smart ass. I was like, thank you for paying. <laughs> <laughs> and so, there it is. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an emotional gangster. I can't let you know that you got me. Right. But I that left me like for the rest of the day the day and I just was like I fucking love this lady. She pisses the fuck off. She pisses me the fuck off, but I love this lady. Mm-hmm. What had me bad fucked up is it who's who has ever gotten food from that street truck right there on um Essex between um where McDonald's is, where the railroad is? Baby, okay, last night we were so hungry when we came back from our night out that we went okay, first of all, um Burger King on Broadway, you ain't shit promoting that you're open 24 hours we pulled up and y'all was like we closed for the night i'm like 
Not the bright neon sign that says <laughs> open 24 Stop hours drive through. It. it specifically says drive through. So they were closed, which I believe that everything around this area that says it's open 24 hours, it's not. It's a lie. Because McDonald's and Methuen does this. You didn't like, go to Big and Beefy? Why didn't you go to Big and Beefy? So we went to Big and Beefy. They were Our already closed. Was... It was 4.30 a.m. Oh. And what I was... The... Where were we, you? I... I was like, there's no way these people are closed, but they were not. We, like, we were there for like five minutes. We're like, hello. They were not responding, and we were just like, whatever. So then we're like, yo, we're starving. Like, we're, we were like, we need to eat something before we go to bed. Like, the way that everything has planned out. So, baby, we need to eat something. So we went there, and we got the food. And I opened my, my plate. And, every, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, obviously with your with your drunk goggles on, you're like, oh, my God, this looks delicious because you're like, I'm starving. But I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating it. Everything tastes great. You know, fine. Boom. I get to go grab my you. Oh, I grab my fries and it's sitting in a puddle. Like, actually, like, like if somebody went and dropped the oil literally no, over. No. And I like my mind stopped my like my thoughts just like stop. And I'm just like. You're going to die. I'm like, throw this fucking plate away. After I had an ate all this chicken, I had to throw the plate away because I was like, I cannot even, I cannot even put this fry in my mouth because I will freaking die. The fries are, it was, it was insane. It was like a sopa. Ew. I'm like, so you took the fries out of the fryer and didn't think, you know, you're supposed to dangle it over the, the, the like fryer. Yeah, yeah, so that the off. oil can fall. You know, you might get a little bit of oil, but I'm like, Wow. So, yeah, that had me fucked up. Ew. Don't play with my food. Period. Poo. Ew. Especially when you're, especially when you're inebriated and you, like, want something to eat because you're so hungry and whatever. Like, I know. And then I woke up this morning and um, my mom walks in the room and she's like, the first thing I say, I turn around and I'm like, I ate food from a truck last night. She starts laughing because <laughs> she knows she's like, I have the runs. Because that food, baby, oof. Yeah. 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 So you. let's. That's it. That's all you got. You know, I was um. I did tell you guys that I quit my my second job after have only having it for like three weeks. Um, it just wasn't it. It just wasn't it. Um, we're not putting that on the resume. No, that we're job. Just, we're not. We're. It's already there because I've had it in the past. Oh, okay, okay, you okay, just okay. Did it somewhere else, but it's fine. I'm not. We're not putting that on the resume. We're not doing that. Um, yeah, nah. No, you know what? Okay, no, no, no. This time you messed up. Parents. Just don't understand. This one's nah, for nah. Parents. They don't understand. Um. They ain't gonna get it. I just need y'all no. to make sure that before you go, like, while out, you maybe see somebody with authority before you try to take matters into your own hands. Um, because... Kids will be kids, yes. But Wait, un- what? What? Before so, like, you go wall out, like go off for the before night? You, no, no, no. Before you wall out, like before you like oh, before go you get off on someone, before you get upset about something, did you speak to the proper channels? Mm. Because if I'm hearing something for the first time and I have the authority in the situation where I can handle it and you didn't talk to me about it, it's going to be a bigger issue for you. So like you probably should talk to me about mm. it before it gets... To that point, because without saying too much, because obviously I, I want to keep it as confident, like as confidential as possible. But like in the generalizing, 
when it comes to, you know, bringing your kids somewhere or having, you know, whether it be daycare, after school, during school, whatever, are we keeping track of who are we talk who we're talking to before we're like we're going to take it into the streets? Like that's just like so weird to me. Like how do you just skip levels and then you're like, "All right, this is what we're doing." Um, but please like what again, why would you bring your child somewhere if you don't trust that the people that are there are going to have their best interests at heart. So I had to have a sit down conversation with a parent that was on that tip. And I was like, yo, it doesn't need to be like that. I'm sorry that in the past, your requests or your concerns fell upon deaf ears. I'm sorry for that. Communication, but baby. They are not going, it's not going to go to waste when you talk to me. Like I do take things seriously i take children's safety seriously i take bullying seriously you know um so i it it was it was it had me messed up because of how it started how i caught word how i got wind of it but and then it ended up being in a good way because i was able to have um i'm able to build a relationship with a parent where they can trust that their kids are safe when they are um where i'm at which is essentially what my job is like I want you to feel safe having your kids here. Right. Now, does that mean that you're going to nitpick every single thing? No, no because then I'm going <laughs> to have a problem. But on the grand scheme of things, like the big issues, I'm going to take it seriously. Like I'm not just going to like brush it off. And shame on any educator, anybody who's in any type of leadership role and it has to do with working with children and children being under your care. Shame on you if a parent is disclosing to you that something is going on with their child and you have not taken the proper precautions and steps to make sure that that parent a feels like their child is safe b that child is safe and c the person who is harming that child is held accountable if you are not doing those things i'm sorry you cannot i have no respect for you in this space Mm -hmm. if you as an educator or in any type of leadership position that requires you having to be in charge of children and you are not using your platform your authority to make sure that these children are safe because it's not just about me making sure that this parent feels safe i had to pull the kids to the side to let them know i understand that you guys might have a lack of trust for adults in my position because they let you down and i'm going to make it my mission to earn your trust I don't just think that you have to give it to me because I'm the adult in the room. No, adults have hurt you in the past. I acknowledge that. And I'm going to make sure that the adults that you are now in contact with while under my supervision understand that as well. And I'm going to make sure that we earn your trust so that way you know that this is a safe place for you where you can be, be yourself, and grow as the young adult that you're going to grow into. Point blank and period. Like, again, if you are not doing those things and this is just a check to you, cool, admit that. But don't look at a parent sideways when they come to you with an issue and they talking to you while disrespectful because you're not doing your job because it's just a check for you. If it was just a check for me, I wouldn't be here. It's something that I'm good at. What I do, I'm great at. How I handle children, I'm great at. How I coach up when it comes to my staff, I am great at. I know that those are my strengths, and it took me a long time to realize that my strengths do lie in those things. So I will hold other people accountable if they have the same position as me and they're slipping up. We've got to raise the bar, you know what I mean? Um, So with that, if you work in a school with children at any capacity and you have to 
you know, come in contact with parents and things are going down and you're not taking the proper precautions in order to make sure that these people feel safe or that their children feel safe when they're with you, you might want to reconsider. I think you need to reconsider. You should probably reconsider. Please reconsider. Thank you. The Thank reconsideration you. of the nation. Is Thank you. That's Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, honey. Let's close this section out and head over to our next. I don't even. Did I make noise or did I say words? You said words. <laughs> our next <laughs> section, which is. Ay, bendito. Hey, welcome back. This is Ivan Dito, the part of the show where we let you know um, where we actually discuss any global or local headlines. I am, I am uh, it was the glitching. Oily fries from last night. Yeah, I am glitching him. today. They're getting him. Um, so let's talk about Mr. Abad Abani, El Conejo Malo, who Ay. is doing this cute PR stunt and dating Miss Kendall Jenner. Because it's a PR stunt. You can't tell me it's not. Uh, it is a Puerto Rican son. It very much is. Um, the U.S. Sun reports keeping up uh, Chris Jenner's Chris Jenner's critiques. Think Momager is giving Kendall's new man Bad Bunny a hand with his career after spotting a clue, and the clue is that he's going to be on. I don't know if this is the name of the show. Carpool Karaoke. Uh, the Late Late Show is what it, how they have it yeah, written. Yeah, yeah. Here. The late, That's late the show. name of it. Isn't that with, um, what's his name? What's his James name? Corden. There we go. Teased in, oh my God, I have like a hair stuck in my piercing and it's annoying me. Um, teased an upcoming episode of Carpool Karaoke that will feature the musician. Some critics believe that the reason he'll be on the show was somehow orchestrated by Chris. Uh, in a popular online thread, one fan speculated Mama Chris definitely had her hands in this. Another agreed writing, James is connected to one of the production companies that produces the Hulu show. I wouldn't say it's a coincidence at all. Um, it's going to be interesting to see a white man singing. Um... I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. I don't want to <laughs> see it. I'm good. Uh, another person said, I mean, all these people are in the same ass industry. It's not that weird that they know the same people. This is a reach, replied another. Uh, there was also a theory going around that Chris Jenner had paid Bad Bunny three point something million dollars to do to not do to date Kendall Jenner um, because of everything that's going on with Kylie Cosmetics and uh, with Miss Khloe Kardashian over there. So what's this- going on with Khloe now? They didn't. I'm confused. The same thing that's been going on. Tristan? Yeah. Right, but isn't he... They just had a second baby? Or is she... Is the surrogate still pregnant? I, don't I guess know. they're Whatever. just trying to get, keep the attention off of that. Um, but we'll see what happens. Mr. Bad Bunny has some, you know... If I know a Puerto Rican the way I know a Puerto Rican baby, is that there's a bag at the end of that tunnel. Okay? Stop. <laughs> uh, let's head over to Hollywood Unlocks. That reports Shaka Khan sincerely... Apologizes for comments towards Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, and Adele. It wasn't my intention to upset anyone. Um, The whole statement sounds like a publicist wrote it. Uh, they They said, after going viral earlier this week for some shady comments towards rumored frenemy Mary J. Blige plus Mariah Carey and Adele, legendary songstress Shaka Khan says she sincerely apologizes, noting it wasn't my intention to upset anyone. Um, I just, I, I, I just hate that we live in a world where these celebrities cannot have an opinion. Right. They cannot. Everything has to be an apology. And like, it's like, I feel like. Why? 
you know, if Shaka Khan just ain't into you, bro, she just ain't into you. Like, why does she... What did she even say? She just said, like, um, I kind of briefly heard the interview on um, Way Up with Angela Yee. Shaka, recently I was asked about a list of the greatest singers of all time, and instead of questioning... The need for such a list, I was pitted against other artists and I took the bait. As artists, we are unfairly put into boxes, categories, or on lists. Being an artist or musician is not a competition. It's a gift for which I am truly grateful. This is her statement. Mm -hmm. It was not my intention to cause pain or upset anyone. To anyone that felt this way, I sincerely apologize. Uh, she basically was just like saying how she she was shocked that the placement of like Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, and Adele... And if I remember correctly... Were they too high? I don't think they were... Eight? I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. What? No comment? I don't, I, I don't have anything to say about Beyonce. She's a great singer. Okay? She really has opportunity to be a great singer. She has what it takes. She got the chops. She does. Okay? I'm not going to go through everybody. Another one. Go ahead. Ju just ahead of you. Who? All right, so that's a little bit of what was said. And um, <laughs> Ms. Shaka Khan, baby, you are funny. So you like Shaka Khan. You know some I of her do, songs. I do. I know who Shaka Khan is, and I, I probably know a song, but I cannot name a song off the top of my head. So I feel like everybody sings the sweetest thing. I will love you anyway, even if you cannot stay. But that's like Rufus as well. Thank you all the one for me. Here is where I know you city girls. I <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll sample it at some point. Just um, let's move on to things that actually matter and we'll shed a tear. Uh, this is from NPR. Giska, the loneliest whale in the world, dies at Canada Amusement Park. I found Kiska's story um, probably at the beginning of last summer on TikTok. It just popped up on my feed, and I followed the page immediately. I think it's like Where Seas or something like that, and I could not believe it. So this, this whale, this amusement park was closed, and the whale was uh, believed to be 47 years old, died on Thursday, this past Thursday, um, and... It resided at Marineland, a zoo and amusement park in Niagara Falls after being captured in the Icelandic waters in 1979 alongside Kiko, the star of the movie Free Willy. Mm. Um, so I guess they closed the, the marine, marine land mm -hmm. and they left this whale alone to swim in, in their, you know, where they were being held captive. And like... So protesters found out about it and they were like flying drones. Like there's not really much they can do. They were protesting. But I just don't get how when a whole account was made and like nobody was like, all right, let's go get this whale out and well, release it back into the wild I, or put it in a different zoo. Like, yeah, I feel like. Also, just know we're not for, we're not pro zoos. We think zoos suck. Yeah, I think zoos are, I mean. Aquariums, it, it, de it, dep it depends. Aquariums, because it, zoos, you name it. I think leave the if, animals in the wild. 
leave them I, I, do, I do think that, that some Humans of the zoos suck. are reha- rehabilitation centers and like for animals that are at high risk of extinction. Well, why are they extinct? Because humans suck. Because humans are, but humans are killing them in the wild. Like rhino, the white rhino, we saw the, the disappearance of the white rhino right. because, you know, the white people couldn't stop hunting them. It's like fucking weird ass shit, stop. bro. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's just sad to see that, you know, when, when this popped up on my feed again, I think it was Friday night. Um, I, I was just like, like, like actually upset about this. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, imagine just being like, obviously, you know, some of us are already whales, but imagine just being a whale, (laughs) myself included, um, being the loneliest whale in the tank and you know just swimming around in circles and that's all you can do like you know we go crazy with our daily routines and we're doing uh you know a hundred things imagine just your only thing that you can do is just circle around this tank and you are alone Mm. every day day in day out that's sad yeah so what else you have something on on uh zoos as well yeah, so Puerto Rico's lone zoo to be permanently closed after years of complaints. The government is closing the U.S. territory's only zoo, which has been shut down since Hurricane Irma and Maria battered the island in September of 2017 as federal authorities investigate accusations of mistreatment of the animals. Oh, my God. So there's about 300 animals and they need to figure out what they're going to do with them because they're shutting us down also i was thinking about this i was in el junque gallivanting around this you know this rainforest and i saw a video the other day of a python in el junque and i'm like not me just enjoying my best life in el junque in this river like swimming to the bottom with goggles and and not even thinking once, like, what if you run into an anaconda? Like, this is an actual rainforest. rainforest. Like, there's wild animals here. And, I mean, the, the thought did cross my mind of, like, a tiger or um, a jaguar, like, coming into the water. But, man, I... And then I was thinking about how a few years back I hiked El Junque all the way to the top. And I was like, like, nothing... Like a rattle, like a snake could have came out of nowhere. Like, and I was not thinking about it. I did hike. Um, if you ever go to California, visit Vasquez Rocks. It's where they shoot a lot of the movies where, um, you know, they're on Mars and stuff. Like, that's usually the set that they use. And it is absolutely beautiful. Bring some water because I learned the hard way. Um, I thought I was going to die. I really believed really deep down in my soul that this, those were my last moments. Um, no, because I, I gave up mid hike because I couldn't take it no more. And it's a it's a flat hike. It's not you're not hiking up. And I had decided that it would be smart to hike up and across rather than just go the trail. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it was very scary. And I ran into a I don't know if if there's a terminology for it, but a group of snakes. And I just looked at them and I'm like, I'm this is it. Like I'm gonna die. And when I got to the exit. The group that I was with was pulling around the corner. So they're like, you could have just went with us and we would have got here at the same time. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. You know what? (laughs) Respectfully. Lose my number. Let's go ahead and close this section now and head over to our next section, which is Caldero Talk. All 
Alright, mi gente, welcome to Caldero Talk, which is the part of the show where we are going to give you the topic at hand, the meat. The carne. And we are going to dissect and discuss said topic. Yes. So, here we go. Here we go. Oh, you want me to? No, I got it. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just letting you finish out. Um, so... I wanted to talk about, oh my God, what did I write down? Behavior patterns. Behavior patterns. That's what it was. Let's give y'all the definition. A recurrent way of acting by an individual or group toward a given object or in a given situation. Behavior patterns. So let me give you a little bit of context as to how this came up. So earlier this week, I had a friend, and I put this on TikTok. I had a friend who had sent me a video of this white woman was doing like the whole get you a girl who could do both. Um, and she pulled off the, the dressy look and then the tomboy look. My response to the video was, Ugh, something about white women doing the tomboy look irks me. So my boy said, why specifically white women? Mm. And It'd be like that, I said, I don't know, it was probably rooted, rooted in trauma or something. And that was it. That was my boy left me on red. But and then I'm driving home from the gym and I started to think about it. And I was like, wait a minute. No, that's definitely rooted in trauma. So I thought back to middle school. That was what that was where my brain landed in the archives, middle school. And we had moved to moved the town over to Methuen um, from Lawrence. Methuen swears they better just because they got trees. It's literally Lawrence with trees. Um, but at the time, population uh, people of color in this school was like maybe 3%. And <clears throat> with that, I was maybe one of three Latinos in the school. Um, and then it was like, whatever, doesn't matter. Demographic doesn't matter. Cool. At my first introduction to bullying, racism, you name it, was at this school. So this group of girls decided that they were going to pick on me. And at the time, like, I didn't know it was bullying. I didn't have, like, a term for it. I didn't whatever because I always held my own. So I never I never thought I was, like, a victim of bullying because I was, like, I, I wasn't going home upset at night. You know, it wasn't keeping me up because I've always been confident as a kid, even as a kid. Um, so I was just like, yeah, these girls are being stupid, whatever. So they decided to start a rumor. So I dressed in baggy clothes because that's just that was what I was comfortable in. And this was seventh grade. Um, so we want to dissect it. We want to go deeper. Um, the reason why I was wearing baggy clothes was because I didn't realize at the time I was depressed because my brother had died the year prior in sixth grade. So seventh mm. grade and I'm now being bullied and I'm wearing my brother's hoodies to school. I'm wearing his sweaters to school. Um, as an adult, looking back, I can see that. I was showing signs of depression um, because I just like, aside from like I was bathing, I bathed every day, whatever, because I had to, um, but I didn't care about my appearance. The only thing I cared about was making sure my hair was done. That was literally it. Everything else I didn't care. I just threw the first thing that I saw. What what did I see in my closet every day? My brother's hoodies. Um, So that's what I was wearing. And so these girls who I thought were my friends um, started a rumor that I was a lesbian because of how I dress. Lesbian Lucy. And so with that, <laughs> I was so innocent and naive as a child that I didn't know what the term meant. So I asked, what does that even mean? And this girl, I'm not even going to say her name. I remember her first and last name. I'm not even going to say it. Um, I remember her saying, 
oh, it means that you like girls. So again, super naive. I was like, well, yeah, you guys are my friends. And she was like, no, like you want to kiss them. And I was like, ew, no. Keep in mind, I wasn't kissing boys either. So before y'all try to come for me about why was it gross? I wasn't kissing boys either. The thought of just kissing was gross to me when I was 12. Um, 11? 11. Um, so I was just like, oh, I was like, ew, no. Like you guys are my friends. Like, whatever. And so now when I see that the tomboy look is like aesthetic and it's like cute and it's this and that. I realize that it irks me when white women do it because white women were the ones that made me feel like shit because I was a tomboy. I did wear baggy clothes um, and stuff like that. So I would not have been able to come to that um, full circle if my boy didn't ask the question, like why specifically this said group of people? Um, and I was able to dissect it. So when I say I am self-aware, mi gente, it's not for clickbait. It's not to make me sound, you know, mysterious. It's not to make me sound smarter. No, like I genuinely am self-aware. Like it's one thing to be like, oh, my energy's off today. I'm just in a bad mood today or whatever. That's like a, that's like a, that's like a level of self-awareness. Like I am aware that right now in this moment, I will not be pleasant to be around. Okay, cool. But what about the other things, the things that we don't speak about I didn't realize that that was even an issue because I was just thinking it. I had never said it out loud. But once I unleashed it, I've said this before, when you can name it, you can tame it. Once I unleashed it, I was able to get to the root of the problem and I was able to figure out, oh, this is why this bothers me. That's another layer of self-awareness that not many people have. But we think that one might think that they're better than because they have self-awareness, but it's like, how, how far are you digging in your self-awareness to truly be aware of your triggers, your traumas and how to combat those things in conversation. Now I easily could have told my boy because I can't stand white women. Like I could have said something like that. And then we would have just let it leave it right there. A lot of the times when people question certain things that we say we want to get defensive i didn't get defensive i leaned into it because i was like matter of fact nah i'm doing all this work let's keep going i don't want to just stop here no let's keep going and it wasn't an uncomfortable question it was a genuine question that he asked and it made me go down this rabbit hole of like oh shoot this is a thing so i'm curious to know is there moments where you're like yeah i could see how that'd be a problem i could see how that would be problematic and how do you navigate that? Like, how do you? Well, how do you navigate through that? I, I, I can literally sit there and I can pinpoint each thing and I can just, I can keep prompting questions for myself mm. and keep going and keep going, keep going. Like, it's not, it's not hard for me. I'm, I like to self-reflect. I love sitting and self-reflecting. And so, sometimes it's difficult to have to sit there and it goes along with what we talked about last week. Um, or even just what we talk about all the time of like that being wanting to grow, but in growing, you have to have uncomfortable conversations. Mm. Like I've said in the past with yourself and you with have other to, people, you have to spend the rest of your life with yourself. <clears throat> so if you can't, and you had the same reaction the first time that I said that <laughs> you have to spend the rest of your life with yourself. Maybe that's the true. You thing. cannot look yourself in the mirror and really start to get to the root of each problem then you're going to be running in circles. 
Like, I want to release y'all from the shackles that your mind has you in because you just refuse to dig deeper. Some of the stuff that you're probably going to um, recall might be something that because of trauma, you put away, you tucked it away so deep that you forgot it even happened because you really tricked yourself into believing that something didn't happen in order to move through life. But it's going to come up in other ways. So the reason that I preach consistently of like digging deeper and really truly getting to know yourself is because it's going to release your mind from whatever prison you put it in because of trauma. That's mm. how I get past things. Mm. I I will sit there and I will ask the questions and I'll be like, okay, so what happened that this made you mad? And then I'll start to just like think about it. And I can't sit here and run a list of questions that I ask myself because they vary depending on the situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that I'm mm-hmm. trying to shed light on. Minds. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, for me, I think uh, I was sitting here trying to figure out like a certain story to bring and share, but... Um, you know, one that's, that is sticking out to me is like, I was in the seventh, no, I was in the ninth grade and I was very depressed. I became depressed in the seventh grade. That was my first time ever noticing that I had depression. I didn't know what it was. I just mm. was, I went mute for a year. Like baby, the breath was hot. Cause it was not, my mouth was not opening during school. Um, it was the first time that I had to experience change because mm. uh, they, they put that stupid rule that you had to go to school near your ho- your house, which took me out of um, North Central Elementary and brought me now to the Haverhill Street School, which was the Haverhill Cheap School because there was no funds. Like there was we didn't have paper. And I came from a school that, you know, was what school was this North Central Elementary where Notre, Notre Dame is now. That used to be an elementary school, and it used to be called North Central Elementary, and that's where I went um, from uh, fourth grade all the way to sixth grade. No, yeah, yeah, and then in seventh grade, they made us go to the Haverhill School, and I lost all my friends. Like, I was really popular. Like, I had, yeah, like, I was... (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I was really, like, with the shits, and I still talk to them still to this day on Facebook, but... um, yeah, I had, and I was mute, and I had this, you know, d- depression go on. Then I went to the Arlington School, and and baby, when I tell you that I, I was in the hood, I was like, oh, baby, I'm, I'm not about this life. Um, and uh, then I went to high school, and my depression kicked up a notch. Like, I realized that I did not care to interact with these people. I did not care to be around them. Um you know, and so many things were happening, especially with my sexuality, coming to realization with that. Um, and I would always be sleeping in class. And one day, the history teacher, um, and I'm a, I'm gonna say his name because I feel like a lot of people have stories about him, uh, Mr. Carpinito. I don't know if you ever met him, but um, and I don't know where he is now, and I hope he's doing well. But um, he came one day and he like banged this. First of all, this is a white man, a big grizzly bear type white man um, who first day told us the AC stays on all year long. And we were just like, even in the winter. And he's like, all year long. The AC does not turn off. If you ever turn off my AC, you will be kicked out. And we were just like, what the 
fuck? Like, what torture chamber is this? That's wild. Um, and that's my that's my sleeping condition. So, like, it's like when the room is cold, I'm knocking out. Um, so he banged a, a book on my desk and like was like, wake up. What the? F-? And he curses. And he, he told you the date, the first day that he curses. Um, and he was like, this is before consent and, and all these these things. You know, they didn't ask for those things. They didn't give a fuck. You were in their zone mm-hmm. and they were running this shit the way they wanted to run it. Right. And he was like, what the fuck are you going to do with your life? If all you're ever fucking doing is sleeping, he's like, what do you want to be when you get older? And I was like, I want to be an entertainer. And like in front of everyone demanded this answer. And I was like, I want to be an entertainer. And no one, like I said, I was quiet. I was depressed. No one really knew me. And this was before I started dancing, before I started any of this. I just knew that I wanted to be an entertainer. When I would go home, I would practice learning choreography, performing, all of these things that I was like teaching myself with my cousin Shakira. And um, so I knew this. I knew that like high school is going to be done and I'm going to get, I'm going to go move to New York and do this. Um, And he was like, how the fuck are you? He's like, have you ever been on a stage? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, how the fuck you ever think you're going to become an entertainer if you've never performed? And that shit stuck with me for so like for so many years. Like that, like I like I think the next month I joined the Lawrence High School dance team, and I just was like, any stage I can get on, I need to get on because that was that was what was in, in, implemented in my head was yeah. like, if you want to be a star, you got to get on stage. And it, yes, it was in a positive light, but at the end of the day, when I burned out. Because I was extending myself so much that I wasn't seeing anything because I was a yes man to, uh, to all these opportunities and gigs yeah. that weren't really providing anything besides footage. Um, when I burned out when I was 27, I remembered that moment. And I was just like, you really was pushing this dance shit. But really why you were pushing it was because of what those the words that he said to you that day. That's wild. Do you think that <clears throat> in... So it's interesting that you said you were, even at that age, you were, like, exhausting yourself to no end. Do you think that that has still stuck with you, even in to your 30s, because of how much you jam-pack your schedule? Like, that literally planted that seed to where you were occupying all of your time. Yeah, I well, I think the... the jam-packing the schedule and, and everything that I do now, um, I think stems from... Being in my 20s and listening to those motivational videos mm. that they're like, you got to do all of this. And when everybody's <clears> asleep, <throat> you got to be up at yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I got to be up at 3 a.m. The rest of the world is asleep. And That's would, when you work. Yeah, I would literally get Yo. up at 3 a.m. and then just be like, why am, why why am, am I, I doing uh, this? Nothing's open. I can't <laughs> get anything done at this time. Um, so... There are, there, you know, it's it's hard to say that because there are pros and cons to, to certain things. Like, I do believe in discipline. Mm-hmm. I do believe in, in you do have to get up. You know, I have to get up at four o'clock to go to the gym. I have to do that. Or if not, I'm going to have a bad day or whatever the case. But I do also think that that extreme beat, like those extreme words that you're, you're filling up in your head can also lead to these burnout moments yeah. where you're just like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And it's not healthy because... You're not building a sustainable pattern. You're literally just doing something to the extreme because somebody's telling you or that's what you're, that's what you're hearing all the time. And right. that's how I felt about dance. You know, I can even, you know, go back into, you know, um, body issues, body dysmorphia. Oh, I know where mine stem from. Yeah. And like even thinking like how when I was in the fourth grade, like I was on diets 
and doing Tai Bo daily, fourth grade, because I was afraid that I was going to get fat. I literally, I mean, here's the thing. And, and but that stemmed from family telling me, ay, mira que gordito que tu esta. I, and like, yep. when I see pictures of yep. myself at that age, I'm like, that's what can I get it. that body? Right, like, that's what y'all was calling. That's what y'all was calling. I wonder what, what the hell you calling me now, shit. Right. Um, yeah, no, I definitely am able to pinpoint a lot of where certain things um, come from. You know, mm. my relationship with food. Um, Baby, my relationship with food is so unhealthy. It's mm-hmm. insane. And I have not been able to pin, pinpoint it. I mean... Well, I think the start is like... Especially within the Latin community. And I've, I've, I've spoke about this. Um, I made a video about this before. It's the... You better clear off your plate before you can get up from that Ooh! table. And then if you... My mom then, used to shove our fucking face... I just gave my mom props earlier. But she used to shove our face in the plate if we didn't finish the food. Because it was probably done to her. Hey. Yes. So break the cycle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm just and then not going like, to have kids. And, right. <laughs> and then it's like, it, it's that whole, like, you better finish your plate. And then not only that, when you go to um, somebody's house to visit, and let's just say you just ate at home, you go to tú your que comer house, otra vez. you have to eat again because it's disrespectful for you to decline a plate when they offer it to you. So you have to eat again. So it's like, yo, where am I going to find the energy to, like, eat this right now? And it's like... You go, you got to finish your plate, whatever. I know where my relationship with food uh, stemmed from. I know, I know exactly where it came from. Um, and, you know, I'm, I might speak about this on a, at a later date, all the triggers and traumas and, and stuff like that that I endured mm, because it's, triggers and traumas. it's all coming from a person um, that I was supposed to feel safe with. And, and that's not the case. But um, that's a conversation for, for a different day. But I, I'm, I was able to pinpoint where that comes from. I was able to pinpoint why I don't hold on to friends the way other people hold on to friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a great friend to have. I am a great person to be in your corner. But, baby, if you left today, I'm going to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I've never understood why people go into, like, this... I don't even know like the shock of like losing a friendship and it's like did they and in my mind I'm like they didn't die we just no longer click like we were just I think we served our purpose in each other's lives mm. and I'm okay with that but one might view it as like a oh something must be wrong with me because I don't keep friendships like that I, I don't I don't put a heavy like the people that I rock with the people that I have been friends with for you know 5 plus years I don't, I'm not up their ass. Like, I don't see them consistently. Mm. I'm not always over at their house. Like, it's just not, it's, it's just not what happens. It's a weird behavior. It's weird. Like, I have, I have fruitful, successful relationships, friendships, but they, I don't put weight to them. That's why I tell people all the time, I'm a low maintenance friend. I don't need to see you every week. I don't need to see you every, how every month, I don't have to see you every month. Um, You know, like, but when we link up, What's what's the what's the word? What's up? It's a celebration every time we link up. Like that's just what it is. Like I haven't seen one of my homies, um, but we're gonna celebrate her birthday next week. We've been friends for ten plus years. I haven't seen her in almost a year. You think I'm resentful? You think I'm upset? No, I'm gonna see her. And that's a lie. I saw her in October for another friend's birthday. It's a lie. But I haven't seen her since October of 2022. 
we're in March. It's not a problem because when we link up, it's always love. And that's those, that's what works for me. <laughs> that's what works for me. When, if I need her to show up, will she show up? Yes, she'll show up. That's how my friendships are. Like, if I need you to show up, will you show up? They do. Bet. That's all I care about. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Like, I've literally had somebody tell me they can't trust me because of how I don't put a lot of weight on friendships. Yeah. And I was like, there's people who operate like that. You can't operate outside of your friends. And that's weird to me. Yeah. Like, that's odd to me. It's like, it's like those, you know, I think that's that's like an extreme. That's like an they extreme need to attachment out, issue. Yeah, like, they need to figure out where that's stemming from, and that now you know through you know self reflection and like uh, therapy and everything, I've been learning boundaries, and I've been learning to set my boundaries and expectations with people. Yeah. yeah. Because if you know if you want to be a friend, there has to be a healthy you know, a healthy level to things. And communication is super important. And when I feel like you're crossing that boundary, like I'm going to pull you to the side and be like, I'm sorry, but like, what, what was that? I thought we spoke about, mm-hmm. you know, that's not cool, you right. know? Um, and if you don't see it as an issue, that lets me know everything I needed to know. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, if you really cared, you would find the issue with what you did and take ownership of what you mm-hmm. did. Um, but yeah, I think that even... That's interesting that, but do you think, why do you think your friend, you have your friendships like that? Why do you think you don't put uh, pressure on friendships or, or this importance? I think it, it would go with, I think it coincides with abandonment because <laughs> I was raised without a, a father. <clears throat> uh, I remember watching my father leave the house and yeah. never coming back. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I might have talked about the season one. Uh, yeah, no. So he voluntarily was like, bye. Left $5. Left $5. He had two kids. Not a whopping five. Left $5 um, on the nightstand. And I was like, with one eye open, watching this all happen. This is um, insane. From my bunk bed. Um so that's one. We had bunk beds. I'm jealous. We had yeah, the when we were kids and the hand me downs. But that would have made fire. so much more sense in my in where I was living. But anyways, uh, lol. <laughs> um, and then my my brother, um, you know, leaving this earth as well. That's that's another um, disappointment, I guess, um, and not having a person there. So I think that for me, how I how I rationalized friendships was. Everybody comes and everybody Every, goes. Yeah, and I, I had to learn that at a super young age. So, like, I never put a lot of weight to it. And I think that I've always, I, I'm going to be honest, man, I've always been like this. Like, I've always been very, like, uh, I question things. I've always, you know, been somebody that defended somebody who was a lot quieter. But I also was quiet. But, like, if it came to standing up for someone else... I had no problem doing that. Like I was friends with the because, misfits. But my, you were you were being the person that you wish you had for you. Right. So like 
I've always been a voice to the voiceless. Even at a young age, like people would tell me something and I'd be like, well, why didn't you say this? Or why did like, I was always championing, championing somebody to defend themselves or I was defending somebody. So this isn't, this isn't new territory. I just have a bigger vocabulary now. Mm. Um, and so it's always funny. Like what? So when people want to paint me out to be the bad guy, and at a very, very young age, because I oh, I never let people walk all over me, I would call them out on their BS. I was painted out to be the bad guy. And so if these people were my said friends and they were able to start rumors about me, they were able to, you know, speak ill of me and knowing that I've been nothing but a good friend to them, I learned at a young age that you can you literally can choose your friends. You can't yeah. pick your family, but you can pick your friends. So if th- this friend is not doing anything for me anymore. If this friend is not is making me feel worse than I need to be, you don't need to be here. And so with that, that became a trend for me of like, okay, well, if you're going through that and you're going to try and project onto me, yeah, I'm all set. Right. But I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I'm like, ooh, I don't like how you're talking to me. I didn't realize that at a young age I was setting boundaries. I didn't realize that at a young age um, I was being vocal about what it, about my needs. I didn't re- I didn't realize any of those things. But now as an adult looking back, I have been doing this. Mm. That's why when I speak about it, when people compliment me and like my confidence and stuff like that, like oh how did you get to this point? I've always been doing it. I just didn't know the terms for them. So again with friendships, I just don't. Because I, I think I, it's because I've been hurt in friendships for so many, like so many times. Like I don't put, I don't call people my best friend anymore because every, every, every person I had called the best friend was on some stupid mm. shit. Um, and it, it, it just, that's just what it is. Like I just, oh, I don't put weight family. I don't put weight on either. Like I am like, and that is what's thrusted me into this, into this life of I'm okay being by myself, but I, enjoy the company of others but you're not gonna make me sacrifice my own peace for you to be in my presence mm-hmm. yeah. that's where that comes from i think i am the opposite because i think for so many years i was under the impression that people were painting me out to be the bad guy but in self-reflection i realized i was the bad guy that's trippy too it's like, again <laughs> that- it's like that shit. What part did you play in it? Yep, and it was just like I really was just being that toxic, toxic person. And I remember in my mid twenties, just thinking like, "Damn, everybody thinks so negative of me," and I'm like, "I don't understand why," you know. Mm-hmm. And I had to really sit down with myself, like around the age of thirty, and just be like, "You gotta change, bro." Like, it doesn't, you know. And I'm not, I'm not fully there, but I, I, in so many areas of my life, I have fully like just been like let go Mm. like let it go it's not worth it it's not worth my peace it's not worth my energy so you're so you're wrong but you're saying that you're right i don't have to get loud with you go ahead think that you're right do that i'm not gonna meet your energy enjoy that enjoy that maybe you know maybe that person needs to feel that and that's fine but you know i don't i know that i'm right Mm. i don't need you to know and i i think i've kind of learned you know, before I would argue with people and I've just learned to meet people with silence of just like, heard you. Right. I got it. You know, and 
that 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 is a behavior pattern that I've now developed because mm. I wasn't always like that. I was the the person that was like, I'm right, you are wrong. Nope, you are wrong. You know, like I just got loud, and it's like, but are they? Because if they were wrong, why you don't have to get that loud? <laughs> like, checking yourself, like, wait, what? I that's definitely something I've I've learned to do. Like before I I get up here, like that rah rah, like I'm like, okay, wait, time out. Why did the, why is this making you mad? And then I can. By the time I get to like why this made me mad, I don't have that energy anymore because I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm working on that. You know, I, I, you know, this past week I, I had a conversation at a job and it pissed me the fuck off. Like my, I felt my ears, I felt all the blood. Like when I'm mad, you'll notice cause my ears will turn bright red. Like mm. there is no hiding that. And I kept asking myself like, why is this bothering you? Yeah. Why are you mad? Why are you lashing out? Why are you acting like such a bitch? Why are like wh- this is what's going through my head while my mouth is like I don't want to fucking do that. It's like insane. And then in the end, I had to apologize and just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I am projecting because something else in my life is not working. Mm. And here I am taking it out on y'all because I think that you're in- you're inconveniencing me. Mm. And that's not what it is. You better say a word. So you better yeah. go off. You better preach. <laughs> that was mm, that was good. I like so, that. So that now was, that was tasty. <laughs> that was tasty. I like that. But it, it's crazy when you really. What I would tell everyone is, if you really sit back and just analyze certain situations in your life, certain and behaviors, search. Yep, and and really just get to the root of where did this start? When did you first have this thought? What was the the moment that somebody said something to you? Is it because they said it? You know, because also people, I feel like they'll take it and run with it and be like, yeah, I like the color yellow because I ate a yellow lollipop. No, you probably just like the color yellow. Like, that's okay. Right. But, you know, and especially if you're one of those people who I used to be who lash out, like, baby, I would lash with a sword. Just like, I would kill you with my tongue. Mm. And I'm just not there anymore. Like, I just, you said it, like, last season. You're like, you are just so, like, you don't give a fuck anymore. You're He's just, so like, let now. it go. Well, when we met each other, we were on 10. Yo. We had a cool two now. <laughs> yeah, I don't just. Don't crank up the heat. If we get to about a five, we got a problem. Yeah, I just, it's like you said. It's like, you know, I, I've just realized that people are going to be people. There are people who are fucking hurt. There are people who like have worse lives than me who who go home mm-hmm. to shit mm-hmm. you know and I, I i in my life yes i feel like for me this is not it but at the end of the day i always remind myself i'm like but you have baby you have what other people don't mm-hmm. i love that you have baby and remember that yeah humble so, yourself hum- it's it's about humbling yourself in order to understand yourself and and the biggest thing understand that mother yo hurt people hurt people yeah it ain't you, baby. They're projecting because somebody hurt their ass. And it's tough. It is tough. It's so hard, especially. But sometimes like, you gotta, you know, you gotta bring that old you back real quick. Just like, remind. You- just remind. Let me. Uh, nah, let me, nah. Just because I need to. <laughs> I just need to remind you who you talking to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do that a lot while driving, and I'm trying to figure out why I do that. What? Why I get so mad because someone's following the speed limit. No, I'm. I'd be I mad am, walking through malls if someone's walking too slow. I am dead why ass. So why does slow? this? Why does it upset me? And I've been asking myself while I'm driving. I'm like, why are you getting upset? Why is it Where did you learn to do that? And it's because 
when I was younger, my parents had road rage. My father and my mother would just like blurt it like, what the fuck? That it yeah, no. my friend, I have, I've had friends that I've sit in the car and they've had road rage and I'm just like, I don't get it. I mean, even so, even like that, like how the moment someone else is in my car, like I'll drive recklessly if it's just me. The moment that another life is in my car, I drive really safe because I'm like, listen, I don't want to explain to your parents why something happened to you. Like I like that's just that's how my mind works. But but like like you said, my mom, whenever we got in the car, she she was driving safely because she knew she had precious cargo. Anyways, let's wrap this up and head over to our last section, which is a reposar. Yes, this is the last section of the show, <laughs> where we leave you guys with affirmations, shout outs and any announcements that we have to make. Do you want to start us off? Announcement: We are now live on the Tiki Talks. Tiki Doggy. We really want to get to a thousand so that way we can go live with you guys ah! and engage with you guys as co-hosts, as Sofrito speaks. So if you have not already, please, please, please make sure to follow us on TikTok. It is the fastest-growing platform that there is right now out for social media, and we really want to be able to tap into all spaces of social media so that we can reach the masses in the conversations that we're having. Because I truly believe that today's conversation conversation was and is going to be transformative for somebody who's listening and i've never said that about any topic any conversation we've had in any season prior so with that i really feel like we tapped into a part of ourselves and a level of vulnerability today in order to really serve this got little talk to you so with that we definitely want to be able to reach more people because i truly believe that what we're doing is needs to be done yes and for our subscribers i want to thank you guys for tuning in this season this is your second to last episode uh for subscribers this season and then mm -hmm. we'll be taking a two-month break and coming back for season seven with a whole new show yes. so y'all here y'all heard it here first i hope you've uh enjoyed the rebranding of certain things like the way our videos are set up now yeah. um but we are I think it's taken a long time, but we are like putting our hats back on and being like, all right, let's do this. Let's let's walk into this like TLC into this forever. Love it. <laughs> it always got to be a girl group. He brings it back. to You know, you know how I feel about TLC. my girl groups. All right. Uh, what's your affirmation? Oh, uh... I also want to shout out Shakira. Shakira for reposting us and having people and reminding people to subscribe and support the show. Yeah. Uh, mad, I will say in the last week, a lot of um, locals, um, I, would, I don't want to say locals, but locals to, for better terminology, like uh, reposted us. And I was, I, I was humbled. I literally I was, was like, like getting notifications and I was like, what? We like, haven't been reposted in a we, while. We're doing something right, mi gente. I think this season we really, we have really, I think we finally hit our stride. It yeah. took us some time. And we're just, and we're therapy. just going back in. We're just going back in. We're literally redissecting conversations. We have we've scheduled had. meetings. What? We have a plan. We got goals. Ah! It's different, y'all. It's different out here. It's, look what you can accomplish when you start to heal. <laughs> look 
the therapy. We said healing is boring. No, we just need to fill up that healing, you know, that healed space with productivity. Oh, you better say that. That was good. I love that. I love that. Um, so any quotes or anything like that that I would leave you guys with? Uh, it's not a quote, but it's just something I've been saying a lot recently. Tap into the unhealed sides or versions or areas of your life that you have yet to uncover. So that way, when you name it, you can tame it. Oh, <laughs> not the. I'm stupid. Um, mines is. I need it to like when you say that. I need you to put like at the bottom of the screen. Like I need it to. Pop, mines. So if Speaks is aware that mines is not a plural. Right. <laughs> it needs to be said mine. Right. We're um, aware. We're aware. You are not a bad person for needing to detach. We just coming with the heat today, me hint. I just, I needed to say that. It, it popped up on my um, co-star app and I read that and, and it stuck out to me and I was like, this is where I'm at in my life right mm, now. Like yep. I need to detach a little bit again um, because I need to really focus on my goals so yeah with all of that being said my name is Rosales and I'm blasting off and I'm Nina Montañez stay blessed mi gente Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sofrito Speaks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sofrito Speaks to keep up with all of our latest content.